everyone, and welcome back to Zalora Talks, the podcast where Asia's online fashion, beauty, and lifestyle destination comes alive. This is your host, Amy Yasmin, and I hope everyone's doing really well and keeping it safe out there wherever it is you're tuning in from. Now, if you're anything like me, the past one year of living most of my days at home has made me want to renovate and redecorate my house more than I have ever have in my entire life. I mean, just last night, I spent five hours on Pinterest without even moving a, a single muscle except probably my fingers, looking at interior ideas. And I even downloaded an app to virtually change the colors of my living room walls. Honestly, I, bl- I blame it on the endless stream of design inspiration on Instagram and me feeling a little bit down at the dumps for having to look at my plain white walls 24-7. But that's exactly it, isn't it? Now that life has been kept indoors most of the time, homes have become more than just a place where you have a good night's rest or binge watch the final season of Modern Family. If you haven't seen it, guys, please watch it. It's an extension of ourselves, actually. And in fact, a report by McKinsey states that the home is recast as the new coffee shop, new restaurant and entertainment center, which is honestly quite true, seeing as how we've all swapped our social lives for being indoors. So with that in mind, on this episode of Zalora Talks, we'll be talking to some of the region's most creative personalities in the realm of interior design to help you make your home an extension of yourself. Joining us from the Philippines today is none other than renowned tastemaker Vince Oi. Now, for those of you who don't already know, Vince is one of the Philippines' most established creatives, having held the reins at Preview Magazine for quite some time before shifting his gaze to interior design. And yes, if that surname sounded familiar, his younger sister, Lorraine, was also on our podcast quite recently, too. <laughs> also joining us today is, of course, founder of Singapore's Living DNA and interior designer, Denise Carl. Now, Denise is a bit of a wild card. She was initially from the corporate world and, as fate would have had it, went into the world of interiors uh, from a passion for travel and ended up establishing her own lifestyle empire within a span of seven years. Bit of a fan of her seasonal rocks, I'm not going to lie, but without wasting any more time, please allow me to welcome Vince and Denise. Thank you guys for coming in today um, and joining us at Zalora Talks. How's everyone doing today? Thanks so much, Amy. Everything's really good. Really looking forward to this topic, which is so close to my heart. And likewise for Vince. Hey, what's up? How's it going for the Philippines? I'm good. Thanks for having me today. I'm, I'm excited to talk about, you know, one of the things that I really, really love, which is design and interiors. So I'm excited to discuss everything under the sun. Yeah. I mean, um, you guys can't see this right now, but like my, where I am right now, my house, I've got like white walls. And then these two have got some really amazing backdrops, which is basically your homes. I can see like black walls and like emerald green kind of splash against like a Fornicetti like vase at the back or something like that. And like Denise has got like something looks like a bit like a Degornay kind of wallpaper, but it's super tropical. And mine's just like plain white walls. So it's, uh, it's great times. <laughs> we are right. going for a more minimalist feel. Yeah, I know. I'm, I don't know. I, I feel like I need you guys to come over to my house and just help me out a little bit. Because <laughs> I, I feel like I need a, a bit of a, a swap from just white walls. I mean, I'm wearing a, a sweater and I'm blending into my background and you can see my head just like bobbling like across here. I need something different. Now, let's go straight into the questions. 
Um, safe to say last year, 2020, was the year of nesting as a trend. With most of our lives now spent indoors, how has our home evolved as an extension of ourselves? Vince, perhaps you want to go first? Uh, well, I think with what has happened globally, we've learned to really embrace our homes more. I think for me, especially that I always go out, I hang out with my friends. I, I, learned, I learned to appreciate my own personal space more. Um, and I think that has made everyone invested into making, you know, their own personal spaces beautiful because we spend most of our time now at home. So I think that is something that has really changed. Uh, I, I mean, most of my friends who weren't really into, you know, uh, taking care of their homes are now talking about buying plants, maybe, you know, changing up their the arrangement of their furniture, maybe even even the act of just making dining an experience, I think is also something that a lot of people are, you know, into right now. So I think that that's one of the changes that I've seen uh, moving forward and, and being in this situation we're at right now. Yeah. What about you, Denise? Yeah, well, I'd, I'd pick up on what Vince has said about um, friends coming over and uh, dining being suddenly the centerpiece of the home. And also, I like the question that you put uh, as nesting as a trend because I'm an introvert. So I have always <laughs> like spent most of my time at home. Um, I like spending the weekends relaxing. But I think what really changed is that we started hosting a lot more. Like our culture in Singapore, when we meet friends, we usually go out and have a meal together, right? But this time uh, during the pandemic, we would have to meet inside the house. And then what I realized is, hey, I only have like plates enough for my immediate <laughs> family. And we only have two wine glasses, one for me and my husband. No. <laughs> It's quite exciting now that when we think of furnishing our home and furnishing um, our, our kitchen or our dining, we also think of the people closest to us, like our friends and relatives, the people we expect to see at home more often and make space for them or give, uh, give consideration to what they would need when they're with us. So it's rather a nice, thoughtful um, expansion of of ourselves, as you put it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, now that we're all living indoors or even meeting up indoors, right? Sometimes I feel like, oh, I should really change up my house or like, you know, put some really nice finishing touches to my house just because like my friends are going to be coming over. I want to impress them. I also want to show my friends like what, you know, my personality is like, or even if it's someone who's not close to me, I'm not saying it's a Tinder date. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, it's always a, a personality aspect when it comes to your, your home and also like a, a little bit of yourself into different corners of the house. You know, if you're a maximalist like yourself, Vince, and maybe even Denise, you know, you're, I can see you're perhaps a little bit of a maximalist yourself. But for me, I'm a bit of a minimalist. I would like to have like some stark corners here and there um, with a bit of a, a color just because I don't know, I like to have something that spices up my life a little bit. But um, having said that, it's always a, a a little bit of something to tell my friends or show my friends like, yeah, this is what I am. This is what my personality is like. It's just like how fashion is, you know, if fashion isn't an expression of who you are, the house could so pretty much be the same way as well. Um, having said that, 
with movement restrictions being applied throughout um, the entire region, how has your lifestyle changed? Does it, has it changed much or are you, you know, would you say that you're still a homebody? So I think what also really changed, as you said, is that we have recognized more than ever that it's so important for inside and outside to be in sync. So our personalities need to be reflected in our environment. It's about who we are and also who we want to be. You, you mentioned that you prefer a bit more minimalist. And that's also because we want a certain sort of order or peace of mind in our lives. And so our environments are really very um, powerful to create our outlook in life. As we know now, like our, I think there's more demand from our house on what it needs to be because it's not just our sanctuary now it's also our workplace it's our cafe it's our it's our children's playground it's <laughs> everything yeah it is really really important and we see that as well um myself as an interior designer we've had a lot of people coming forward in the beginning of the pandemic and say, I have this home. This is a picture of my home. And I know something's missing. I don't know what it is, but I know there's something that needs to be in there. And I thought that's rather nice because it shows that this home furnishing, home beautifying is not only a trend, but it's also something very innate, something very instinctive that we actually really need because whether or not we're dictated by outside trends, people have come forward and realized that we need to carve the environment that is more us. Yeah. Vince, would you like to add on? Yeah, I, I, I agree with Denise. I think that, you know, with all these restrictions, it has created a balance in our lives. I mean, me as a creative in Manila, it made me realize that you can be creative in every aspect of your life. Like when it, you know, not just in work, but like when you're, you know, simply preparing a meal for like me and my partner, maybe, or, you know, like rearranging your room, maybe. Uh, I feel like we are more rounded, I guess. I guess a lot of people have been discovering that because we share the same space where we work and where we retire, it's more or less sort of realizing that you can actually take good care of both things, give attention to both things, you know, like, before I used to like go to work and be so busy, I, I always end up going home and just like sleeping or yeah. like <laughs> watching Netflix and then sleep. And then you realize that there's actually so much more to it, you know, and then it makes you appreciate also the space that you breathe in. Mm -hmm. And you think about it, we spend, you know, our, our time at our place like intensely, like for, for long, long, long hours now in the pandemic. Right. So I think that has changed for a lot of people. And, I would say personally, like especially with the restrictions of travel, I find that reading books gets you to, you know, relive your travels maybe, or mm -hmm. it creates a sense of fantasy as well. Like me, I love traveling. And now that I can travel, I, I, I catch up on my, my books. Like, for example, like right now, I'm rereading all the map gallery exhibits that I've been to mm -hmm. and just reliving all those, you know, fun passion memories. And I think that has helped me also, I guess you'd say cope with what's been happening. Gives you a sense of break or at least a sense of travel, as you may say, in the form of just reading. So I think, I think we, 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 
everyone's constantly finding you know um i think their their form of uh adventure within indoors which is i think mm-hmm. is a, a good thing yeah which is which is funny because I, i actually came across a, a report by y pulse and it says how uh, millennials are becoming more of a hermit and i quote Since 2004-2005, young adults have spent the equivalent of 3.3 and 11.3 more days at home. So in other words, um, it's like saying that young adults are spending between 79 and 270 fewer hours away from home each year doing different activities. You know, like personally, like I'm, I think I could probably relate to that because I don't like going out. I've kind of like stopped going out a lot. And I prefer to just kind of spend more time with my family, with more with my friends at home, trying to like entertain and wine and dine with my friends at home and experiment with new recipes, experiment with new things, um, really trying to not be a master steward, <laughs> but kind of like, you know, somehow emulate that. I don't know. I, I just find like there's more joy at home um, than it is outside. What's your take on that? I try to keep a balance always like of going out and I get it's part of my job to to know what what's what's happening the trends that are happening but at the same time I also love entertaining and me and my my partner we love entertaining having friends over in fact we would always have themed dinners like Mexican night maybe or we'd have like a Filipino night and, and we we like because I'm a maximalist like I have stuff for like Mexican I have stuff for like Filipinos, I, I like my storage dilemma is really crazy, but yeah. but I mean I I love I think the joy of entertaining stems from the fact that you get to share really a piece of you, mm. I mean like how you live, and your your friends take that and somehow also are inspired to do that, so it's so, sort of like you know inspiring your community. Uh, also, so I think I think that's that's the beauty of entertaining and having friends over and creating memories at home. Oh, that's a nice sentiment, actually. Creating memories at home. Yeah. How about you, Denise? That's definitely one of the ways that we can share and we can give, as Vince had said, and uh, we've had a, a lot of beautiful memories that revolved around the dining table. Mm-hmm. Um, I also read this concept recently about your spirit environment. Oh. Um, so how it goes is, you know, how the world has different climates, different landscapes. All of us have a certain landscape or climate that we actually gravitate to, um, whether it's mountains or deserts, you know, like around Morocco, around Mexico, the livable parts of the desert or the... <laughs> so I think more than ever, we miss those environments because we've also been restricted from traveling, right? So how the spirit environment goes is there is apparently an environment where you thrive in the most. It's mostly like the environment where you grew up with or spent a lot of time in your life and had good memories with. And it would do well to adopt your home aesthetic from that spirit environment. So let's say I, I, I kind of did an assessment and I realized that my spirit environment is unsurprisingly the sea, the beach. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, apparently, like what you can do is you derive your color palette 
from there. So maybe go towards more of the blues, softer colors, bring in materials like bleached wood or driftwood, things that have curves, like how organic the the beach environment is. Or if your spirit environment is, let's say, a desert, you would probably want to have more warm colors in your home Mm -hmm. and certain patterns that are connected to those nomadic cultures, like the experts in the desert, like our Kilim prints or Aztec prints, something like that. So um, it's a very interesting idea because it is one concrete way of changing our interiors to fit us. Mm-hmm. And there is a guide, a kind of framework, which is nature. Oh, okay. Which is like so nice that we also should try to bring the nature in to our house so that we thrive better. Yeah, I guess it also plays around with like color therapy um, in a certain sense. Yes. Because like the the blues would always somehow like affect your mood or like the greens would somehow affect your mood. I mean, I'm not an expert at this, so I'll I'll leave it to you guys to to explain it. Um, Vince, you're like a color pro. Actually, you both are color pros when we're talking about even, but... I'm yeah. I'm seeing a lot of colors from your like from your house. So yeah, when, when we moved in here, I really well I love color. I think helps uh, with your mood, with my mood uh, when I work. In fact, our bedroom, as you mentioned, Denise, my bedroom. We love going to the beach. So actually, our bedroom is our entire bedroom is more of like a teal hue. So that sort of like calms us. And actually, our home when we were you know making you know like fixing it. I really made all the bathrooms white so that there's mm. a sense of calmness and, and sort of like cleanliness and purity to it. And for me, like taking a bath is like a, a precious uh, uh, moment for me. And, it's a sacred ritual. <laughs> it is, it is for me. And I, I feel like uh, those are the things that, that you should take into consideration when you are you know, building your home you know, what color to play with. Because essentially, color dictates your mood uh, Mm -hmm. when you wake up and down to when you're about to fall asleep. And I would say that, you know, like as Denise mentioned, that having nature, bringing nature into your home is something that I actually also recommend to my friends, like plants. And before bringing in plants became a trend now, most of Mm -hmm. my friends are into plants. You know, I've been always telling them the feeling of having fresh flowers or you know, just not even flowers, like just fresh, huge leaves in your in your home. It's, it's really something that adds to the spirit of the environment. It makes it more alive. So mm-hmm. I think that's something that, that you know, uh, I would recommend also to, to bring in nature. Home. Yeah. And Netflix um, Abstract is one of the documentaries um, that I've been watching. And it's actually one of my favorites. Netflix Abstract, The Art of Design. They actually showcased, highlighted one of my favorite interior designers, uh, Elsa Crawford, who actually did the uh, the Cathay Airways Airport Lounge in Hong Kong. And she said in, in one of the episodes, empathy is a cornerstone of design. Would you guys agree? I would 100% agree with that. Empathy, basically what it means is that our, our consideration of others, of ourselves, and I guess you would connect it to, in terms of design, it's about uh, the function. So things that need to serve 
its purpose, I think, is that cornerstone of that empathy that uh, Ilse Crawford is talking about. From my time over the years with the artisans, I learned that most of these beautifully crafted home decor or objects were originally created for a certain purpose, a certain function, like vases are meant to hold the flowers, uh, trays are meant to put things together. Even something as uh, something like a, a rug or a carpet, before it became something that aesthetically completes the house, it was actually woven to keep the floor warm during the time of nomadic cultures. So I think everything had a certain root in function. And I think that's what makes our home beautiful because everything that we put in there could potentially serve a purpose. So it's not just beautiful to look at, but also something that we would want to actively use and be part of our lives. So I think that's one of the most beautiful ways that you could make your house a home is if every object really serves a purpose. Mm -hmm. How do you balance it though? Like trying to find or, or trying to find like the fine line between design and functionality. Because that for me, I find it's a little hard because I it's either one or the other. Like if I want like a rug, I want a rug only because like it's going to you know, grip and everything. But if I want something that's pretty, I'm going to go for something that's pretty. But how do you draw the line? Well, I think a lot of people, the misconception about functional design is that it's very boring. It's very standard. It's very, you know, corporate. But the thing is, it's just a matter of really placing function into the design. Uh, I think, I, as Denise mentioned, I think purpose is very important when you are decorating uh, a place. I think ultimately everything else will follow. You know, I think if their purpose is to relax, for example, um, you can have a, a chair uh, that's beautifully designed and yet makes you feel calm and relaxed. And I think that that and that has served its purpose. So mm -hmm. I think I think it shouldn't be about just purely concentrating on one or the other, but it's a matter of just really looking at it from the purpose, purposeful standpoint. And I think everything else will follow. Uh, and I think, I think don't be too pressured into just thinking, okay, if you saw something nice and then, okay, I have no use for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about how it adds to the entirety of the purpose of your space. If that mm -hmm. ultimately for me, it, I always, always say is to really, What's important is that your space makes you happy. And that in itself is a purpose. You know, it doesn't have to work, but if you see it, it makes you smile and that has served its purpose. And I think it complements each thing that you have in your house should complement each other to a bigger purpose. And I think that's the very, very first step that you need to establish. What's the purpose of your space? Well, that's something for me to take on because I'm thinking of redecorating my place and I have no idea where to start. So I spent like four hours, like, like I said, just going on Pinterest and then finding like whatever that kind of attracts me and putting onto my mood board. And I end up having like a bundle of things. But Pinterest is actually a nice first step. I think, especially since I started, you know, becoming a creative when there was zero Pinterest. So yeah. imagine like how hard it is to find inspiration. And now it's just so easy. And I, I feel like, 
it's 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 also a matter of just editing it down because it's so easy to be overwhelmed when you're on Pinterest. It's like a black hole. Absolutely. You'll be there for like hours and then you realize, okay, I saved like 1,000 photos. How do I just like... like That was me yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) But you know like. <laughs> but so you know, I, I'm so sure, and and that's me also at times. But you know, you realize that you take a step back and look at the photos that you save, and then you realize what sort of spirit or purpose you feel like you want to achieve in your space. And I think that will dictate the, the general direction of of your space. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that I need to also tackle is um, like trying to make one small change in a house, but like with a big difference. Um, so I'm thinking of like the walls. I don't know what what do you guys think? Should I go for the walls or should I go for something else? I mean, I, I kind of sound like I'm just I'm using this podcast for my own benefit, <laughs> my own renovations. But I, I I really hope my you know our listeners out there can also relate to what I'm I'm going through at this point. But I just want something that has like you know have a small change in the house, but with a big difference. What would you advise me? That's a very good question. Where you where to start? Yeah. And I think one of the questions you can ask yourself is is there a change that you want to have personally? Like what do you want to be? Do you want to have like a more brighter uh, disposition in the morning or is is it something like do you want to spend less time in Netflix and probably more time reading? So uh, I think it's so important for a home to also be the one that dictates your daily routines, right? So I usually what I would share to my clients is start with where you feel is the biggest impact to your daily routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, uh, if you think that your wall could definitely do some some brightening up and you'd feel good looking at it, then by all means, go for it. I think in itself, the, your inner desire to see some change is really like enough for you to start. Mm. Well, okay, going back to what you said about like being guilty of things, what would you say is like a complete no-no for you guys? Like you will never do. You know what? Actually, because I came from a, fashion background I used to work for a fashion magazine right mm. and, and in fashion it's it's always try everything once and I feel like there isn't really a fashion no-no for me in that sense because I feel like well obviously I'm a maximalist right mm. so I have so many different like design I think elements in my place so I don't know. I, I, it's, it's such a hard question, actually, because uh, <laughs> I think at this point, I feel like, you know how when, when it's a, too, a design aesthetic is too quirky mm-hmm. and too, like, pity, I think that's something that I won't maybe, you know, dwell in, in, in so much. Mm-hmm. How about you, Denise? I have kids at home, and one of the main considerations is their safety so what I tried to do instead of baby proofing certain furniture is in fact I deliberately chose pieces that are curved Mm. that have rounded corners so we have like curvy sofas a curvy coffee table around dining table I think there is no boundaries to what you could do and instead of seeing it as a hindrance like oh I have kids I can't have beautiful things 
actually you should think about how you can still make a space safe and that's not uh, breakable and yet you still express your style. So I think we all have our own constraints. Maybe you have a space limit or maybe you don't have a lot of natural light. That's when you bring in more lamps and more candles. So, you know, let that limitation or that hindrance be your strength and mm-hmm. be what makes your house different. Just like how we, when we dress, we think about what are our best features, what, what is our body shape, and we try to emphasize what's good and try to pull the attention towards who we are best. Yeah, I think it's the same as dressing up and dressing your house. <laughs> yeah, speaking of limitations, I think one of the biggest limitations that we all have to consider is storage space. Uh, Vince, <laughs> I know storage space is a bit of an issue for you. <laughs> But how did you overcome it? Because <laughs> I want to know. I, I I probably have a lot of things too. I actually planned ahead because I know that I had so much stuff. So if you look at my place, it's actually more of camouflaging storage spaces. In like ah. a storage space. This is a storage space too. See? No way. Oh, oh my God. Okay. So guys, yeah. uh, <laughs> there's like a panel in Vince's, I want to say your, your studio, your office. Uh, my office. Yes. Yeah. Your home office. So it's got like this panel <laughs> behind, which is like a detail. Right? <laughs> yeah. And it's like a hidden, hidden um, storage closet. Yes. For me, that's also one of the things that you need to plan ahead. And people tend to forget storage. You know, they love, you know, people go all out. Oh, I love this chair. I love this couch. And then you realize you put together everything and then, okay, where am I going to store my plates? Where am I going to store my pillows, extra pillows, my candles? my. So I think storage is something that, you know, like organization is also as important as the actual design process in itself. For me, when I was planning, it's again about camouflaging, uh, you know, spaces for storage. Mm-hmm. Um, even like in our dining place, our, our dining area, we have like two china cabinets and then a buffet. And then, you know, it's, it's about realizing that storage can actually look good. Mm-hmm. That storage doesn't have to be, you know, the typical just square or like rectangular cabinet. For me, that's, that's one of the things that people need to also consider. I, I think storage is really very important. I mean, yeah. I, for me, up to now, I think it's still challenging to create more storage. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I think that's really the, the formula to, to start with storage first. Because, yeah. you know, under your couch can be a storage. So I think that in itself is like, especially if your space is, you know, uh, limited, that's when function, you know, blends into design. When you actually you know, make sure that you have enough storage, but also at the same time that you have that, you maintain the design aesthetic that you want to. Mm -hmm. Empathy is a cornerstone of design. (laughs) (laughs) Quoting Elsa Crawford. (laughs) Now, going back to um, making small spaces big, Denise, how would you advise us to, especially apartment spaces, right? Well, most of us are living in apartments. How would you make small spaces big? There's a rule out there, which I think is really a misconception that like if you have lighter walls, 
then that means your space will automatically feel bigger. Yeah, um, that's why I have white walls. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But what tends to happen is that um, because it, it, unless we, we really pay attention to how we decorate it, sometimes um, it tends to have the space fall flat. So by all means, I would really recommend that uh, if you feel like it's right to paint your walls or to add wallpaper, for example, um, it does change the way you feel about the space. So big or small, what's important is really how you feel inside it. Yeah, And sometimes it's the smallest of spaces that we actually gravitate to or feel the most comfortable in. I mean, that's why when we as kids, we always used to look for those nooks and crannies around the house mm-hmm. or we like to play house because we like to feel enveloped by our environment. So rather than focusing on how a small space can feel big, we should focus on how this space could feel cozier or better. Interesting. What would really um, be a good start is to um, put things that make you feel good. So if there is a pattern, like if you like the tropics, if you like plants, then maybe consider putting some tropical wallpapers in your home. Or if you're the type who is minimalist, for example, maybe you could add some simple framed pictures, artwork, and it doesn't have to be always something that you buy. It, I think the most personal interiors are those where you could work on what you already have. Like maybe there's um, somebody gave you uh, like a sketch or if you yourself like sketching, um, you probably should start giving it a go, make some <laughs> drawings work with some fabrics that you already have like maybe a scarf that you held on to and you didn't know what to do hang it up or use it as a sofa throw you'll never know what you'd uh, end up with but I think more likely than not you'll have a space that is that feels more homey that feels more grounded and also being surrounded by the things that have a sentimental value to you mm-hmm. a lot of difference in your sense of gratitude and ultimately your happiness because you you would remember the people who represented those pieces or your personal experiences when you came up with say that drawing so yeah it's important for your home to cultivate a sense of gratitude and really in your hands to do that there's so much at home that you could play with yeah speaking of um having so much at home that you can play with have you ever diy'd anything um so i like painting old furniture or even old frames if i see uh, like somebody was just throwing away this small coffee table so i picked it up and then i tried to make it more of a like a subtle pastel and so it adds pops of colors in my space mm-hmm. um i also really like uh multi-purposing things like if i have a big piece of cloth. One day it will be my tablecloth. The next day it's my sofa throw. And then the day after it's, I don't know, like a small rug in a corner. So I like moving things around. And and as Vince said earlier on the podcast, if you have a certain theme, it's 
actually exciting to look around you and see, oh, what's Mexican in my space? And <laughs> people put them together and it's a, it's a completely new package altogether. Yeah. Vince, have I ever come to Manila? I'm expecting an invitation for one of your mariachi nights. You're all welcome. <laughs> You're all welcome. I, I totally agree with Denise. I feel like, you know, like for me, I, I love moving things around. I feel like that is something that a lot of people should start practicing. So then you realize that you don't need to really constantly buy new things. You know, it's about really making good use of what you have and creating interesting vignettes. I love doing vignettes at home. And I, one time I would just use everything that in the kitchen to do a vignette. And I think that's something that, that people need to know, that you shouldn't limit yourself when it comes to design, as long as it makes you happy. And I think what's very, very important also, and what, what I learned also is that the design process takes time. You shouldn't mm-hmm. rush it. You shouldn't just buy everything at once or at least like in a short amount of time only because it loses the personal touch. Mm-hmm. I feel like in as much as you want to keep your place beautiful, looking good, you know, it has to echo who you are and not just who you are, but also your memories. I feel like those are things that, you know, people need to have in their homes. You know, like me, I, I make it a practice to buy something when, whenever we travel that I keep at home. Mm-hmm. That I actually put. So we have, we have like an area where we put everything that we, we buy. And even not just not just decor pieces, like even like the food or like, you know, like spirits maybe. Just to really give you a good reminder of your past travels, of, of your families, of your friends, new friends, old friends. And I think that adds to the coziness of a place that, that makes it more meaningful. Mm-hmm. Like, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. But, you know, I think some, some people... Um, myself, one of them, find it kind of hard to just develop and find our own design style. You know, I mean, I would say like I'm a minimalist, but then another day I could just be like, yeah, I'm a complete maximalist as well. So it's kind of hard for me to kind of find my own voice. How would you advise someone to develop their own style? Well, for me, I think it, it, again, as I mentioned, it it takes time. I think with, with Laureen, when she started, she was like, I don't know what my style is. I, I I feel like I always tell her, you know, time will tell. You mm-hmm. just constantly buy things that you like and then it will all just really fall into place. You Then you would see what kind of aesthetic you are, what kind of design direction you're heading. And, and I feel like, you know, there's a consistency with every person when you keep gravitating towards something and you realize that at that certain point in your life. So mm-hmm. I feel like you shouldn't rush yourself into like, oh, I'm a minimalist. I'm going to be a minimalist forever. Don't lock yourself into that. You may be a minimalist now, uh, but there are some, for example, like if you see yourself maybe like 10 years from now, eight years from now, there are things that you would want to still keep from your present life. You know, I think that's the beauty of the design journey is that, you know, even me, I'm, I'm still at the journey. I can't say that I'm this, like this forever. But there are certain things that I feel like are consistent. Like me, I love color. I love, you know, good sense. And that I will take that with me wherever I, I go. And I think mm-hmm. that is something that I would also maybe like recommend is that to not rush into things and to to slowly, you know, it's it's like fashion sense. You yeah. know, you wake up and suddenly realize I'm like this, right? It's like <laughs> It's, 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 it's a progression of things. So yeah, I think absolutely. It, 
So, so yeah, yeah. I I think that's a very beautiful way of uh, Vince putting it, and I just wanted to share also that indeed it's about trusting the process because. I didn't really start with being in the creative industry. The home was an interest that I picked up when I got married and then I started building a house and I realized that I would want something that can make me happy and speaks more for myself. And from there on, I just really um, experimented around the house mm-hmm. Until now, I wouldn't say whether I'm maximalist or a minimalist, am I boho or am I scandy, but it's really more of you trusting the process. Um, take a bit of time every single day doing just what feels good to you around the house, shifting things around and let the years reveal what you really are. Yeah, I think that's a more original way of building your space. Yeah, I kind of like what you said about, um, you know, having things around the house and then repurposing them, you know, like reusing them in a, in a different sense. I guess in a way, that's how sustainability can also come into play with interior design. How else do you think we can also have this sense of consciousness when it comes to decorating our homes? Well, for me, it's it's really, I, I share pieces with my friends. We, we, we rotate and we share pieces. And I think that's one way of, you know, um, giving life to a friend's piece mm-hmm. and also allowing your piece to thrive in a different environment. I think that's also something that this is the same as sharing clothes, swapping clothes. <laughs> I think that that's something that we could practice more. Like, yeah. for example, like me, I, I'm, I'm obsessed with, with dinnerware. So my, my, both my sisters just borrow from me. <laughs> and then if I need like things that I don't really have, I borrow from my sister. And I think that's something that I borrow from my mom. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think that's something that a lot of people also need to know is that it's okay for you not to have a complete set of things. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can actually rely on your friends, your sister, your family, and you can sort of revolve things around. I, that, that's a good way for me of, of, keeping the sustainability happening uh, within, even just within your circle. I mean, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I think it, it starts from home, right? So for me, that's a practice that we've been, we've been doing. Yeah. What about you, Denise? It goes along the same stream. I think it starts with buying less and buying well, which mm-hmm. is ultimately what Vince is doing by sharing the pieces to friends and uh, one way I also do it is when I shop for things I like picking things with a story so um, and, and usually these happen when you're traveling or when you're going to small businesses and small shops let's say I want to buy a tray maybe I find this tray that is made of recycled scraps of fabric that has put been put together so i find that when i choose things with a story i tend to hold on to them for much longer and i don't feel replacing them or buying them because they're they have functional value as well as like a, a connection to me so i find that when i have things around me that I feel very connected with. Maybe there could also be things that are from my hometown, my home country or places I travel. Then it's easier to be content and I don't 
um, say hop onto the next trend and say, oh, my house is like, it's not trendy anymore. I need to throw things away and, and buy new things. So it's so important for you to have that personal connection to what you choose. Yeah, that's that's a very good point, I think, uh, Denise. I also would say that, you know, a lot of people tend to forget that there are also a lot of thrift stores, especially, well, in Manila, there are a lot. And, and I feel like those are a lot of places where you can get, you know, inspiring pieces as well. And these are pieces from people, pieces that have history and stories. In Manila, there's also a huge market for custom furniture. What, what I used to do when, when we were fixing these spaces, I would go to a place and ask what pieces they have already or are, are there any rejects? And then I would look at them and have them, you know, tell them, hey, I want this piece. Can you just maybe maybe like change this color? It's, it's about, I think, also finding, you know, use in things that people don't normally would look for. Uh, I think that's a good practice as well. And uh, that's more sustainable. You know, it, it's the same with fashion. You know, like the secondhand market is very booming right now. And I think that is also can be mirrored into decor and furniture. Yeah. I, I think that, that there's more room for that, for that. Yeah, absolutely. I've got one of my friends who um, she moved into a new place last year. And her rule is that it has to be thrifted or gifted. So anything or everything in her house has to be either or of those two things. And it turns out her house was just one of the best places I've ever been to. It's, it's the nicest, most coziest place to just hang out and have dinner with your friends. And maybe it's because of the stories that has been surrounded um, it, within the house itself. You know, it, each, every the house um, has a story to tell, which I find really incredible. And I, don't, I didn't expect it. And, and I feel like it's okay to bring things with you. You know, it's like people automatically think if they have a new place, they have to have new everything. And I think it's a common mistake. I, I feel like, uh, you know, it's okay to bring your own bed with you and maybe change a color or the upholstery is also something that can do wonders. You know, an existing sofa that you have will create a different look with just upholstery or even just pillows. Uh, I think those are things that me, I, I've had chairs with me for like 20 years or like <laughs> tables here that I still kept and just kept on, you know, reupholstering. And I feel like those are things that, that again, invest in pieces that will last long so that you can keep repurposing them. Right. A little bit more bang for your buck in that sense. Thank you so much. That was really insightful and super fun to chat to you both today. This now afternoon from morning to afternoon now. But it's been really great, such fun. Uh, we have to wrap up the uh, the podcast recording. Thank you so much, Vince and Denise, for coming on board and taking the time out of your crazy schedules for, for this episode. So it's really been, been such a great pleasure. To all of our listeners out there, if you've made it this far, which I hope you have, please don't forget to check out Vincent Denise's Instagram for some major interior inspo. Um, in fact, you might even spot a, a couple of Denise's pieces from Living DNA on Zalora too. Just, just saying, shameless plug. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to our Zalora Talks podcast on Spotify. And of course, follow Zalora on Instagram to keep up to date on upcoming episodes and some exclusive sound bites from our series. Until then, this is Amy Yasmin signing off and chat soon in our next episode same time, same place here at Zalora Talks. Bye. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Amy. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. Thank you.